What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today we have a great show in store for you guys. Obviously, back in the Koffler Center, and, uh, and also I have Tyler Stringfellow back in the studio with me today. Tyler, how you doing, man? Feeling great, feeling great. Um, long day, but uh, we out here. Going to talk some sports, going to talk some socks, baby. Yeah, it's been, absolutely. I mean, it has been a long day. I mean, short week, short week. I mean, you know, how was, how was your long weekend, man? Um, it was kind of nice. I had to wake up. I couldn't sleep in on that Monday morning. I had a uh, swim meet here at his own swim team here. Okay. But um, we had a meet that morning. I had to wake up at like 630. But other than that, it was nice to have the day off from school. Same thing. So it was, it was, it was good, you know, quiet. You know, I enjoyed it as well. I went home for the weekend. I thought some, I thought a couple more of my friends were going to be around. We're going to be around this weekend, but unfortunately, you know, you know, work and different things like that just came into, came into, you know, effect. I had some friends that also just, you know, were sick this weekend, but I decided, but you know, I made, I made the decision though, that I wasn't going to be here just based on the fact that, you know, no one was, you know, basically here. There was nobody here. Yeah. There, there, it was, it was very quiet on campus this weekend and it was nice. I was able to sit outside, enjoy, enjoy a little bit of the weather. Cause it was gorgeous mm -hmm. for, um, I think, well, I think all every day this weekend, I think it was gorgeous. I mean, it was, it was really nice. I mean, I know for, you know, Saturday, I kind of just chilled out Sunday. I end up, I was, so I was talking about, I was, you know, hanging out with my parents. My dad ends up, my dad ends up bringing up the idea of going golfing and, you know, I'm not the greatest golfer. I will admit <laughs> by, but not by any means. And when it came to it, I, I originally said like, oh, I don't know what my weekend's going to look like and everything like that. So uh, I'm maybe count me like kind of be going to be kind of like a rain check right now. Then my brother came in and, and said to my dad, oh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to kick your butt. And I'm like, OK, like this trash kid, talking this family. Kid, trash I'm, talk. I'm like, this kid doesn't even golf. So it, this turned into me, my dad, my brother and my mom going out for a 7:30 tea time to go golfing. At you should have pulled up with those like plastic golf clubs that you buy at like target and be like, yo guys, you guys have no idea what's going to hit you. I'm amazing. at golf. I'm gross. No, I mean, listen, I was, I, I don't know what I was getting myself into. I, I, it's, it's not the best look with me when I'm out on the golf course. I'm terrible at golf. I, I have a, my friend had took a video of me. We went to the driving range once and I think, I put one ball and like, that was like a good one. Yeah. And it went like four feet. It was awful. I mean, listen, I can hit the crap out of the ball. Like I can absolutely destroy the thing. Happy Gilmore. That the problem Ooh. is it doesn't go. It it goes anywhere, but the straight. anywhere, but the fairway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can, it, it'll launch straight and then it just goes crazy off to the right. And then, and I hear, I always hear the people saying, Oh, if it's doing that, then, you know, maybe aim left and, and then it will, you know, even out doesn't Easier said than done. doesn't work with me somehow i overcorrect it and it proceeds to go even <laughs> further to the right i don't get it like i could literally be facing backwards i would be able to you know be able to like actually shoot this thing backwards i swear to you like with the way Damn. i am i don't get it i i think i'm like i feel like i'm legit cursed you're so good <laughs> at being bad it's amazing there you go I, I don't know i gotta get i gotta get back into the range figure out how the heck i can actually you know hit a golf ball but in the meantime, we have a ton of things in the sports world to talk about. Obviously, uh, you know, the Boston Red Sox had themselves a series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, you know, the last time I had you on the show, I, I had some, I was pretty nervous about how the Red Sox were going to fare. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I was, I was pretty nervous. I, I didn't follow too much of the Red Sox this year, but I understood that we, didn't have the best chance against them this year. Yeah. I mean, especially, especially just the series because the Rays are coming off the coming out of the world series from last year. Yeah. And they also got Tom Brady in their town. And, <laughs> you know, I think that plays a part in here, but that's a different topic. Tom Brady, but, it, it championships do seem to fall wherever Tom Brady goes now. Listen, exactly. But I, I, I will say I was, I was a little nervous with their pitching rotation yeah. because you got Chris sale and that's, that's pretty much all like I really knew because that, the, can come in and be like, you know what you're going to expect. There's some of the other guys. It was like, it was very spotty. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect, especially from, um, Rod Rodriguez. Oh my God. I, I, I saw a couple innings from him during the year and I was like, Whoa, this guy's either stellar or it's, Oh boy, somebody, 
pull him. This this guy's terrible. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Rodriguez is in 2020, he was dealing, he was dealing with some serious heart complications from COVID. It was actually really bad for him. And you know, feel bad for he, that. he had like some very serious side effects. It was actually crazy what he was going through. But Awful. I but you know, he, he just did not have it in game one. I mean, he got yanked pretty early. Chris Sale, you know, we were talking about having some level of consistency. He couldn't even make out of the first inning through 25. Oh, and pitches. then uh Avaldi. Yeah, you got Avaldi. How can I how can I forget about Avaldi? That man that man pitches like Jesus some days. Uh, Avaldi is Avaldi has been our most consistent starter this year by far. And I love what he was doing for us, you know, obviously in the Yankees series and then you know going into the going into game three as well. He was amazing. But speaking of pitching like Jesus. <laughs> How about Pavetta? Oh yeah, at the tail end. Of what was it? Three. Was it? Was it game? It, it was game, game four. It, it was game three. Game three. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that man pitched four stellar innings. Yeah. He. I was watching. He threw. He was nearing. It was. I think it was the twelfth inning, mm. and all of a sudden it was two outs. I think there was a guy on third. Mm-hmm. He throws this nasty curveball. And then starts walking off the mound. And I'm in my head. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And all of a sudden, the guy swings, completely misses it. And he's just so hyped. I was like, this is amazing. This is the Red Sox that I love to watch. Yeah. He was so hyped up. He was getting his team hyped up. And then sure enough, what happens when he gets his team hyped up? Home run. Yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't have made that <laughs> stuff up. I mean, literally, the game three was an experience. It, I mean, listen. I can't compare what it was like having to watch the Nate, what Nate Evaldi did in game in a, in, you know, that game, I believe it was three for the Red Sox when they ended up losing to the Dodgers in the world series. Ooh, but can't remember. Can't, can't forget about that. It was an 18 something innings. It was an 18 inning game. I believe, Ooh. I believe Evaldi pitched seven in relief, which he wasn't even planning to go that day. And, you know, I remember, I remember watching that. I, I fell asleep during, during that game. And I remember waking up like, and it was like two in the morning. I'm expecting the game to be over. I'm, I'm asking my, I'm asking my dad. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, how'd the game go? And he, he ends up saying, Oh, it's still going on. I'm like, I'm like, I thought we were just going to extras. And, he, and he's like, yeah, it's the 16th inning right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, come again. <laughs> like you didn't actually just say that, did you? And, and he's like, yeah, it's the 16th. And just seeing everything happen the way it was, was crazy. I mean, I remember, there were just so many things that were that were insane in that game, and I remember Na- the the heroics of Nathan Avaldi in in that game, you know, saved saved us a lot of arms in our pitching staff, and oh yeah, and you know, it, he's kind of the unsung hero of that 2018 World Series for what he did, you know, even though it was in a losing effort, he because of what he did, you know, Red Sox fans revere him as you know being like this great guy for the savior, a Lord and Savior. He he literally did, and you know, he's a big game pitcher and he loves to step up in those moments, so. You know, Who doesn't he, love to step up in this moment? I mean, there, there's something it's some people obviously can get in get in their own head. Oh, I yeah. mean, like you saw the Yankees pitcher. It was a Garrett, it was a Garrett, Cole. Garrett, Garrett Cole. It's Garrett Cole. Yeah. Got in his own head. Mm-hmm. But then there's other guys that get tossed in these situations. They're like, this is going to be the best time. This is going to be the greatest pitching I ever throw down in my entire career. And I'm going to do it right now Absolutely. because this is the lights are the brightest. The stage is the biggest. And you got Pavetta throwing up seven K's. Yeah. So to, to seal the deal. And then you got game five, mm-hmm. right? Game five. No, yeah. game four. Game four, because it's one game less, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So he, he ended up doing that in game three. And then uh, we ended up winning right. it in game four. Yeah. Now, so game that, four, you got Rodriguez throwing six Ks. Yeah. Um, those guys, no one both was expe- guys no stepped one, up. No one was expecting Rodriguez to get out of the second in that game. But he I, stepped up. He pitched five innings. Absolutely. Had. Three hits off of him, mm-hmm. and pit, pitched stellar. Looked very confident on the mound right out the gate. Yeah, he struck out. What I think the first. I mean the first in the first inning, three up, three down. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this man is this man is um, electric tonight. And he was getting the the crowd was fired up. Yeah, the Fen- crowd, Fenway, Par- Fenway Park has been awesome this October. You can't step on the mound in Fenway Park and listen to that crowd and be like, Whoa, I'm wicked nervous. No, <laughs> they have your back. Absolutely. And, but, Oh, God rest your soul. If you don't, you don't pitch their expectations, they will boo you off the mound. Oh, yeah. They're they're ruthless. And listen, you know, obviously the, the way, the way games three and four kind of ended were, you know, I mean, Amazing. I mean, if you don't want, if, if you want to, if you, if you don't want heart problems, I recommend not watching those two games. Cause uh, that's going to give you some heart problems. I mean, Ooh. I, I mean, you know, it's the top of the 13th inning and Pavetta is on the mound. He's doing his thing. And, you know, the ground rule double call to right field ball ball hit off the short wall hits off Hunter Renfro. 
and then back out. Well, goes back out into the stands. Hunter Renfro reaches for it. He, so he was actually trying to play it to, to, to get to get this thing. And it goes out and it's ruled the ground rule double. Now, if Renfro had either gotten it or if, or if it had not taken that bounce, Kevin Kiermaier, listen, Yandy Diaz is scoring and Kevin Kiermaier either has, either has a triple or an inside the home run just based on how fast he is because he, oh, yeah. he can fly. And if that thing bounces around and causes any, any more trouble, Kevin Kiermaier could have circled the bases there and they would have had, and you never they know. Have, they would have had two runs. Renfro could pick up that ball and be, comp- I mean, these guys in the MLB, this probably rarely happens, but sometimes those guys pick up the ball and they get flustered like, whoa, 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 what's oh, happening? Absolutely. I, that ball just bounced off my leg. I, what, what am I supposed to do? No, and I mean, they just they get flustered and maybe they throw the ball to first by accident. And then you got the guy rounding third and you're like, oh, oh, no. Like, I mean, you, what am I supposed to do? You're not wrong to think that. Listen, I mean, the, there are there there are routine hops. There are difficult hops. And then there are just like and then there are just things that kind of you don't expect when when you're a player. If yeah. it, when when a ball like kicks, when you like maybe kick a ball or do something like that, that isn't something that you prepare for when you're when you're thinking about ground, when you're when you think about like, you know, taking that. That's not something that you in in, in practices. Like especially for football, you you prepare for every situation. Mm-hmm. A ball bouncing off your leg is not something you can prepare for because how many times in a in a in a in a in a lifetime does that ever happen? I mean, listen, it can happen. Rarely. But yeah, it it happens, but it's but with the with the amount of rare times it happens, you don't ever practice it just because of the practicality of it and how random it can be. So there really is no is no way to practice for it. And you know, Hunter Renfro obviously could have you know in in, a, in another uh, universe or, or whatnot that could have uh, you know obviously been very bad for us. You know, gets ruled a ground rule double. And there are people arguing arguing saying like you know I heard Matt Vaskersian was was saying oh that's going to be a rule change that they're going to have to look into next year because that's like some technicality that they're getting off on. And I'm like no yeah. that, that's not a technicality. Mm-mm. Like this this has been a part of the MLB rule book. And, you know, if it goes out on the fly, it's a home run. And if it bounces off a player, it's a ground rule double because the player kind of represents a, you know, a part of the field and, you know, yeah. and whatnot. What what would have made it, you know, obviously would have changed would have changed the situation is had he done it intentionally. If, if, Ren, if Renfro picks up the ball, seeing seeing what's going to happen and throws it out of the stadium, then you can make the case of like there's intent. And then I think at that point, the umpires can place the runners. But yeah. It's pretty easy to say when you look at the replay of that. It's I think that's a ground rule double. Yeah, and Hunter Renfro had no control over what he was what he was doing with that ball. If that yeah, ball, because he he was running to it, and all of a sudden it hits the wall and bounced off him, and like and in in, in, a, in less than a second. Yeah, and that, st- and he was also trying to reach for the ball when he was going over the fence. He wasn't trying to like if now listen if the ball goes over the fence and he was like trying to swat it down and make sure it was a ground rule double, then you can make a case for it. he for, for, he was going to play that ball until he physically. Couldn't could play that ball anymore. Exactly. And once he couldn't, it was it was in the um it was in the the the, the thing. What's it called? The, the bullpen. The bullpen. Yeah, that's it. About to say, Appreciate yeah. it. Just lost, just lost <laughs> your train of thought. I, no, exactly. So you know, it was obvious that, that it was obvious that Renfro was trying to you know play it, and there was like no you know he obviously wasn't intentionally trying to you know get it out of play. So it's just a crazy. It was it, just a crazy it, play. And you know what? When you know most of the teams that win the World Series, unless you're just an absolute juggernaut, you, you know teams that make deep runs in the playoffs they they get by on they get by on plays like, like that and you know what the red yeah. Sox they caught a lucky break with that and you know the next inning they ended up capitalizing on it i mean i was i was watching uh i was watching you know the the bottom of the 13th hunter renfro's on base at this point he gets on and then uh christian vasquez walks with the plate and i, I literally say to myself out loud because i'm looking at christian vasquez's stats and when you look at him as a catcher you know you know while the power numbers obviously don't aren't always reflected there. Yeah. I think he's had some good seasons power wise in the past, but when you look at his numbers, I think he had like seven home runs in the year or something like that. And he has like a 258 average, but I don't know what it is. Sometimes when I watch Christian Vasquez, he can have an average in like the two fifties, two sixties, but sometimes when he's at the plate, it's just, he, it can be painful to watch. Cause you see like this really big and like strong guy that yeah. just, that just doesn't ever do it at the plate. And I literally said to myself out, out loud, I was, I was like, listen, Vasquez is going to have this high average all he wants, but sometimes he's just a butcher at the plate and next, next pitch, wham, hits it out of Boom. the ballpark. And you know what? I, you know what? I, Wasn't I it over the, I, into I, the I monster? Uh, he hit it in, he hit it into he, the green monster. Yeah. Even better. So, you know, obviously I was saying that I, I was saying to my, you know, I may have reverse jinxed it. And, you know, in my case, glad, gladly was gladly was the case. If I, if I ended up reverse jinxing Vasquez into hitting home run there, yeah. but you know what made what made it even better it was all the Yankee fans com- complaining, saying, "Oh, the Green Monster robbed us. The Green Monster was was the case. Stanton couldn't get those home runs." And listen, point granted, 
but we, we had our we had that's our not, that's, that we, sounds like a you problem. But, but we but we had our but we had our non power hitting catcher. I mean, he has seven bombs in the year, can provide power in the past. But as of this year, wasn't doing a lot power wise. Hit it out. It was able to get it over that over that wall. So uh, Carlos Stanton, you know that man can hit a home run with his freaking pinky. Exactly. Let's be real. Well, talk about game four. I mean, game four was amazing. I mean, right out the right out the gate, you got Rodriguez three up, three down. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you got bottom of the third. The um socks socks are up to bat, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's two outs. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Devers hits a three-run shot. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that man swung, knew it was gone. Yeah. Immediately knew it was gone. And then all of a sudden you got guys bang um cranking stuff off the monster mm-hmm. and you get i think what they scored five runs yeah like, in the third inning something like that and they just got yeah they scored five runs in the third inning they got so hyped up the crowd got into it and i think from that moment i think the game was over yeah like i mean this is the third inning and they play nine i mean listen they, they got the up, game was over they got up to a five nothing lead but tampa ended up coming back and that that is what scared me listen boston was able to kind of have their little comeback and do what they did Tampa did not relent in this series, even when they went down big time. Obviously, game two was kind of a watch for them. They kind of just, you know, didn't have it that game. But games three and four, they they didn't they didn't really back down. They were they were in it till the bitter end with us. And yeah, they ended up fighting back and they game, weren't going down without a fight. No, they ended up fighting back in game four. And I'm actually nervous at this at this point because because I'm like, all right, all the momentum's on their side. Like they had the they had the tag out of uh Alex Verdugo at third base, which was a you know a massive momentum swing for 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 them at the time. And it seemed like everything was going their way. And I was thinking, oh no. They're going to win this thing. It's going back to Tampa. And at that point, you know, it's kind of a done deal. Even if Tampa's playing in an empty stadium, just the fact that, you know, you depleted Boston and did everything there, it's going to be tough to have to match up against them in a game five and have to do this twice. So you know how hard it is to win a play, a game or even a, a playoff a, game a in do Fenway a, a Park. Do or, a do or die game to do it in, you know, any other team stadium, especially, well, Fenway Park, especially. But, you know, when it's do or die, it just gets elevated. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that scared me was, um, was it one, one, one was it Wander? Or is it Wonder? Wander. 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 Franco's yeah. two run shot on top of the six. Yeah. That, that, the thing about that too, because I, I don't know if you knew, I don't he know. He was rounding the bases. Yeah. And this man touches first and is rounding first base. And all of a sudden they cue to him. And this man is just ec- ec- ecstatic. Wander Franco he something was else, man. so so hyped up and then you know, he looks over to the bench and he's just like let's go like come on yeah and i'm like oh no that could have been that could be the the, the, the switch it could have been it really turned, bad it could have ended up really bad but they socks fought the socks fought hard and so mm-hmm. did the race it was a great game oh it was, i, it was I was amazing game. very interested into it you mentioned water franco's home run you know uh do you know who zach campbell is by any chance not off the top of my head so yeah so zach campbell he's this uh He's like this famous MLB fan. He's known for catching home run balls and, you know, getting, you know, you know, catching home run balls in the outfield. Yes, sir. He's made a career off of it. And, you know, he's like been able to market himself. It's actually incredible. Now, some people don't like him because they think like he, you know, if you saw this guy's baseball collection and it, he has thousands upon thousands of baseballs, man. I, he's, the, he's the guy in the outfield you see stealing baseballs from little kids. Oh, yeah. No. So, so, <laughs> so I think that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. A lot of people maybe like take on him, even though he does give baseballs to little kids. A lot. A lot of people think, man, you have like this many baseballs. Why are you still like chasing him? And for him, it's just like, you know, it's what he does. He ended up catching both Rafael Dever, Devers and Wander Franco's home run. He yeah, caught both of them. They were both straight dead center. He caught, they were shots. And he does, and he's able to do a lot of this most of the time. And he catches a lot of in-game home runs. And he does this because like he like does a scouting report on these guys and, and, and is able to say, all right, if if like X amount of players hit a home run, where's it gonna go to? And he goes to the part of the ballpark where it's most likely to be hit. And he gets it most of the time. It's actually ridiculous. That's so insane. you know, he ends up doing that and you know, it came down to it, you know, obviously the Red Sox, you know, again, needed to come through in the clutch, you know, get a guy, get a guy on. And what I really liked too was, you know, they got, uh, they got Vasquez on again. And I was, I was literally saying to myself, I I was like, I was like Vasquez two nights in a row. This is incredible. And I actually was like, like muttering to myself, the same thing I said about Vasquez when he hit the home run, trying to see if like there was any way I I could reverse jinxes again, like saying this out loud. And I didn't work. He ended up getting on and, you know, what I loved was the fact that like, instead of sending Christian Roy up there to swing for the fences, they actually played small ball and they had him and they had him bunt to send, to send the runner over. I, I was like, I was like, I love this. This is amazing. Oh yeah. And then obviously he got another big break by the bobble by G man Choi at first. That was huge for us on the Travis Shaw pinch hit at bat. 
now would I would I have loved it if if Travis Shaw had uh you know sent one out of Fenway and you know the mayor of Ding Dong City returns in style mm-hmm. I would have loved that but you know he 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 came through too you know was an error on Franco there and you know Kike pimping a pimping a sack fly I love that so much and you know the Red Sox moving on to the ALCS uh, you know I did not expect this from this team this year especially seeing what they did last year they were uh they were mi- like a miserable team to watch last year they this were- team surpassed their expectations because it By seemed far. like for me uh, hearing about the red sox at least com- the, at least coming into the season yeah but coming into the season they were i i mean for me as a boston fan i was like who's on this team bogarts devers mart uh jd martinez and then chris sale and i'm like well yeah Evaldi's still there but i'm like who it, are it, these I, new guys i know yeah and you know they, they've, they've they've really proven their stripes i was liking i was liking verdugo towards the end of the 2020 season i wanted to see him with fans in the stands and have those interactions with people i really do like him baseball you need the fans specifically in the majors because they just get you hyped especially boston fans 100 what's what's better than playing in front of a live Boston crowd. Yeah. I mean, re- I don't re- think it really, really like nothing. It. Well, I mean, if you're an away player, I think you could definitely have some arguments for that, but if you're on, oh, the, yeah, but yeah. if you're on the Red Sox, poor Yankees, great environment there. But listen, I had a great time watching those games. Now they're on to the ALCS and they're facing the Houston Astros. De- definitely more of a test. I mean, listen, I, you know, rematch of the 2018 ALCS had some great memories in 2018. If you're, if you're a Red Sox fan, obviously, but how do you feel about them going into the series? Um, I like them. Yeah. I like them going in. I think they got just, they just speak, speaking from an athlete's point of view, the team, just the, just the chemistry, the environment, and, you know, the way they just, they're just, they're a great team Yeah, all together. I mean, you got teams like the Yankees that they think are just stars that just, you know, are on the team. They just got, they're just loaded with, with star star players. Yeah. But you got a team like the Red Sox that are like Verdugo and Renfro. They're not, Many guys, they're not guys that you hear of all yeah. the time, but they all do their job and they get, they, they just play so well together. And they, they, yeah. um, what is it? They vibe off each other. You know, Absolutely. when someone, someone cranks a home run or something like that, they're like, oh yeah, let's go. You know, it's my turn. Here we go. They got the shopping cart thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and, that's awesome. And listen, I, you know, I love energy. Well, I love their, that's, that's the word. Absolutely. I love their energy. I love what they bring to the table. They put 110% effort every time they step to the plate, every time they step on that field, at least, and at, I, at I least, don't see that at least many for this times. late stretch of the season. That's what, that's what they've been doing. They were yeah, getting, they're, they were getting called that. out for stuff earlier in the season. There was stuff like that. They, that I de- that you could definitely pin on them and, you know, say that yeah. they weren't trying, but I like the effort that they've been showing lately. Now, if they, it from if, the grave. now listen, if they play the Astros, they have to play the best series that they've played all year. They have to play the best baseball that they've played all year if they want to beat this Houston team. In my oh, opinion, because yeah. I I was I was listening to the radio today and I apparently this year I think the Red Sox they're uh, they're you know the Astros are fi- they're the Astros are five and seven against them this year so the Red Sox only only won two games some of those games where we faced Houston it was really bad on our end we just you know did not have it but you can make the case that, that was at a point in the season where we really just didn't have have our stuff together hopefully it can be a different story this time around but you know. You know, obviously the Astros, man, they're they're just their own thing. But before I do get in the Astros, I do want to say that the uh, I do want to say that I really like the spunk on this Red Sox team. I think that you know they kind of have a little more uh, energy behind them. No, I listen. There's there's spunk. They're a spunky bunch. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They have some spunk to them, and they have a little bit of flair too. So listen, I like what they have going on. I think that you know. I don't think it's the right way to describe. I don't think that they're kind of attributing themselves with being. Uh, they're kind of attributing themselves with being Jesus. I mean, I really made you laugh there. My God. But I'm doing okay. Continue. Uh, continue. Continue. My bad. But you know, they're really attributing uh, you know, they're kind of taking this uh, this whole uh, oh, we're the underdogs, even though, like, you know, while they worked while they did overachieve in a sense that during the middle of the season, they were they had the best record in the in the American League and they were they were supposed to be like the number one seed. Now so they fell out of favor and they and they did all that. And I get the the idea of playing the underdog underdog card to kind of like rally the troops, but it's a little little much but you know what i'll take it hopefully they can ride this thing to you know a good victory in the alcs so what i'm looking at this this series it's mm-hmm. you got the young guys versus the the veterans yeah. basically in the astros you got the guys that have been here before this is um it, they, i read something was like the third squad ever to make five straight you know alcs's or yeah. championships and they've been there before they know how to get the job done they've won the world series obviously mm-hmm. they know how to get the job done yeah. And this is a red, this is a young Red Sox team that 
they want to prove that they are the best team in the MLB. And right now, this this series against the Rays, they they put their name in that conversation. Oh yeah, especially just for playing in October, they they threw their name right in that conversation because of you know just the way they're playing, the pitching, the hitting, and the guys getting on base. You know, not making too many you know dumb plays or errors, not making too many errors, and they're playing well. I think they're going to put up one one heck of a fight against this uh, this Astros team. I sure hope so. Now, you know, obviously. Obviously, the Astros have uh, have themselves some some a very uh, difficult history, as as do the Red Sox, kind of being tied in with the whole uh, science dealing scandal uh, due to due to Alex Cora and everything like that. Oh, yeah. But you know, apparently, uh, you know, during the uh, White Sox Astros series, uh, White Sox reliever Ryan Tapera, who was actually a guy I wanted the Red Sox to get at the deadline, he came out and he accused the and he ended up accusing the Houston Astros of uh, of, of 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 stealing signs yet again. Now here we go again. He doesn't have. He, he didn't list whether he thought it was a legal me- measure or not when, or he, and he didn't really say how he thought they were doing it. You know, obviously he had the trash cans in 2017 that were, you know, be, that have become synonymous with them now. Oh yeah. You, have, you, you know, there were the alleged buzzers that they were using on their jerseys during that season too. And there's like so many stories that you could use technology to their advantage. Exactly. And there are so many stories that you can go at, at that you can go at from that angle. It's but sad. I do have to say that, you know, when it comes to science dealing, there are legal ways to go about it, and there are illegal ways to go about it. What the Astros did obviously was illegal. They they used, mean, they used technology, and they and they did a lot of different, and they did a lot of uh, you know, they use outside sources than than what you have available to you on the diamond. If you're on the diamond, and say you're at second base, and you can read what the catcher at home plate is giving, I mean, listen. You bet your ass I'm going to I'm going to look at a am going to look at the guy across and I'm going to and I'm going to end up saying like, like even just mouthing like the word like yo here comes a fastball. Yeah, well no, something you, like that. Well, I mean when you're at second base you have like you, like you kind of make see, you can well, clearly no, see. Well, no no, but but uh when you're a runner on second base you actually make up kind of signals that you can give away to uh to the hitter and 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 like to kind of indicate to him what's going to come like you can you can like tap your hip or do different things to signal yeah, what pitch but let's is be real come. everybody probably does that no exactly there's, there's no way that, that that's legal no and one does that that's legal and and listen you know no one's ever going to criticize someone for that because everyone does that and it's almost expected if, but it's it, now and, using and, technology. and listen and listen if you're able to if you're if you're doing that and it takes you to and you know, and you're getting mad over that. Listen, just change your signs. If if that's if that's how, if you if it, I don't care if you need to go out each inning and change your and change up your sign, you know, combinations. Do something about it. Do something. Wine and go do something about it. Exactly. Figure it out. So, like that. That's where I come from. But, with that. but you got, you got people that. So so say it's like you can't film the signs. Mm-hmm. You can't film the signs. You're gonna have teams that are gonna read that and be like, okay, I can't film it doesn't say i can't put something in my shirt to do this <laughs> so it's literally going around the rules there's a- it's it's obviously that is a terrible thing to do because that's straight up that is cheating yeah but it's going it's not it's not um what's it called it's not like breaking the rules it's literally you you're walking up to the rule book and you're just taking a right and you're just walking around it you're going around the rules Pretty it much. doesn't where does it say i can't put something in my shirt well, that's an unwritten rule. Well, I think you should have wrote it down. <laughs> there, there you go. But now you got, you, like you said, you got the Astros using technology to their advantage now, and listen, which is a good and a bad thing for and sports. Li- and li- I, and I, listen, I hate it. I, listen, I do think that the Astros, you know, obviously could be up to something, but I think what Tapera was doing here was more of him just trying to, you know, make excuses for the, for the White Sox. He's lack. just mad they lost. Exactly. I, and you know, here. You could have made the case that, oh, with the way Houston dominated in games one and two and fell in game three, but in game four, they, you know, lit up the White Sox. And at this point, I I don't know if they're doing anything specifically, but, you know, it, it was just a bad look for them all around. I, I think it was I think it was a stupid look. And I think from there, I think that kind of concludes what we have in MLB news. And whoa, I got one more thing. Really? What do you got? Yeah, one more thing on the Astros. OK, so you got the guy from the White Sox claiming that the Astros are cheating. OK. But why are the White Sox? They're they're not perfect either. No, by no means. Let's let's. How about that? How about that runner? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Grandall. Yes, Money Grandall. Yeah, running out of the baseline to get in the way of a ball being thrown home. I mean, if that's not that, that come on. Yeah. I mean, no one runs. So if you're running to first, no one runs to the left. Yeah. Everybody runs right. Because if you got to take that turn rounding mm-hmm. first, yeah. nobody runs to the left out of the baseline. 
No. He purposely did that. Oh my God. It was and so you can't deliberate. you can't go around and be like, oh, the Astros are cheating. If your team literally just did that. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pretty low blow what they did there. But I will say this. It's a pot calling the kettle black I, right there. I have a I have a uh, kind of a story from from my baseball days that's kind of similar to that we were i was now was it right that that this happened no was it was it hilarious yes now i was in a babe ruth baseball game and we're and i had this kid on our team his name his name's nate and he ends up hitting a ball that you know literally goes like you know right down actually no you know what it was it was a drop third strike because you know i was trying to think of how, how this would be positioned mm-hmm. so it was a drop third strike so ball goes to the backstop catcher's going to get it and he's trying to line up to run down to he's trying to line it up to make the throw to first base to get Nate out. And what this kid proceeds to do is he sticks his arms in the air and starts waving them <laughs> like, you know, in the way of the first baseman. So that way, when the catcher makes the throw, he in his mind, he, he's thinking, oh, I have to set, I have to put it over this kid's arms where really if he threw it and it hit his arm, he would have been out because of interference. But yeah, be, but because of this, he ended up throwing it over this kid's arms into the outfield and he turned a drop third strike, I think into like either a double or a triple. It was amazing. <laughs> and listen, imagine just, imagine just walking, walking past that game and you look over and all of a sudden you see a kid running to first arms, waving it. It was, like, ah. it was, it was so funny to like, to look at it. It What's looked going on. Over it there? looked so out of place. Like, I can't even tell you it's, it's not even, it's not even like 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 you were like trying to jump to avoid something. He's literally running with his arms just waving in Looking the like air. Like a wacky, wavy, inflatable no, tube man. Pretty much, there. pretty much like a tube man. It literally that's literally how he looked. So you know, it was very out of place. It was amazing to uh, just really funny memory from that's hilarious. From back then. But uh, I believe now that concludes what we have in MLB news. So I think it is now appropriate to go onto the onto the NFL. And Ooh, here we go. Yeah, we definitely. We definitely have some stories in the NFL for you. And first of all, do we, let's just say, I mean, you know, we didn't end up covering urban Meyer on this show, but somehow he's somehow, I think he's kind of counting his blessings today. Oh, 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 hundred percent. I mean, he's probably sitting at home sipping his coffee and he's like, good thing I'm out of the news now. I mean, you know, you, you were talking about problematic NFL head coaches, and, you know, I think there was I think there was a lot of speculation as to, oh, what's going to happen to Urban Meyer now that his team still now that his team isn't doing so well. And, you know, you can still make that case. There, there's a chance that he still probably leaves at the end of the season to go coach at USC and, you know, a bunch of things going on there. But listen, Urban Meyer dodged a bullet. You know, he he went from being one of the most prob- he went from being, you know, one of the more problematic stories in the, in the NFL to kind of the back page or, you know. Yeah, he took a back seat for he's taking a back seat for a minute. Yeah, he's 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 almost out of the newspaper at this oh, point yeah. with, with his story because uh, uh, I can't even say my man. This guy's just uh, listen. This coach, guy's ridiculous. Yeah, Coach John Gruden. Uh, listen, <laughs> Las Vegas former, Raiders, former, former Las, Las Vegas Raiders head coach. coach. Uh, John Grade John Gruden is now out of a job with the Raiders over some uh, over some interesting out of, out of a job. That man's out of everything. That man got tossed from the Tampa Bay uh, Bucks Ring, Ring of, of Honor. Honor. I saw that. Um, I can guarantee you he's not going to be brought back on ESPN for anything like oh, that. Oh, for nothing. He's not going to be doing those Corona commercials anymore. He's not going to be doing anything. Yeah. They're, that man That man can't do anything anymore. No, they're going to have to They're gonna have to do it like like Cold War era where, where, where they kind of just like take him out of society. So, you know, for anyone who missed it, I mean, I don't know if, if – I mean, if you're a football fan who's just been living under a rock, John, John Gruden sent uh, – some uh i'm not going to get into the specifics of the emails but because i think that anyone here can uh, operate the google and uh, i would just say google uh, assistance yeah just so type he, in just type in john gruden on google you, and you, it's you, probably the first thing that comes you're up. gonna have yourself a time uh you're, you're definitely not gonna find his wikipedia right away oh no uh, you're not and uh my god so he and uh, so john gonna, gruden, when you look up his name you're not the first picture that's going to come up isn't a picture of him smiling no Let's so say that yeah it's probably going to be him with his hat down kind of walking up the field so <laughs> i guess you know uh, this this whole scandal with John Gruden and his emails coming out and being made public. This was act. This actually had n- originally nothing to do with him. This actually had to do with the with the uh, uh, you know with the scandal and you know research and you know you know kind of hunt into you know the into the some of the problems going on in the Washington football team's uh, organization with their cheerleaders. It's been a whole investigation going on with them, and. You know, I guess somehow in the email sweep, John Gruden got, I guess, got swept up. I maybe no, it ha- just got flagged. It, yeah, he, 
my best guess is maybe it had to do something with the fact that his brother or his, you know, brother Jay was coaching the, was uh, coaching the team at the time. So there's a chance that there could be something with that, but I, I don't know. So, but I feel like he wasn't even connected to the team. He gets caught up in this email, in this email sweep. Yeah. And he has emails that date back from 2011 all the way to 2018 on, <laughs> on various different topics. And, you know, he is now just being taken out of everything. And, you know, I don't know. This game is a shock that that John Gruden would be saying these things over email. And you know, what what email? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. This is this 2004. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, man. Like, I hate to say it. You know, whether you think these things or not, you got to be you got to be smart enough to not to say things over email. Listen, nothing is private. I listen. The, nothing is private nowadays. Yeah. The only way the only way he could be able to defend something like that is if he said something to someone like via his own mouth and then they came out and he could call them a liar. There's no other way that you can defend that because anything is up for grabs. So the fact that he even attempted to do this yeah. was was stupid. I mean, it just shows that like a lot of these guys don't think a lot of don't, you know, don't think a lot of these things through. Now, when it came to when, when, when you're doing stuff like this, what what is it really going to go through your mind? That's Oh, 10 years from now, somebody's going to go snooping through my emails from 2011. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the details on how they got brought up, like yeah. you said. But I mean, that whoever was doing this needs a hobby. I mean, come on. I mean, this, it, this it, is ridiculous. It was crazy, too, because what's actually very interesting about about this whole thing is that you know, I, I was seeing I was seeing some of these emails be brought to light, and I guess there I guess there will be more uh, from this whole from this whole email sweep being uh, being released I guess later. But what what I'm surprised what I'm more surprised about is who who is uh you know who is responsible for exactly releasing Gruden's emails. So you know I yeah and and making them public. So that that's what I'm interested in. So I don't know if John Gruden has any enemies or anything like that, because I I mean listen I we've you know let's let's face it like the. I don't remember too much about John Gruden's first first coaching experience. I know I know he last left in like last left the league in 2008 before coming back like around 10 yeah. years later. But I don't remember too much from his from his first tenure in the NFL. I mean, obviously, we were I, little, we I've, were obvi little I've obviously seen the highlights. I've seen his Super Bowl win with the Bucks. I've seen all that stuff. All, seen all that good iconic. Stuff. Yeah, I've seen all of that stuff, but I don't remember too much. I, I remember John Gruden for most part in my life for, for Gruden's QB corner for all for all the funny in person oh, all, yeah. all the funny impersonations of him. So it was very shocking to see to see this stuff come out. It I, I honestly am speechless. Yeah. Just first of all, the things that he said, I mean, grow you, up, dude. You gotta be smarter. Like, come on. Like you, like you shouldn't first of all, you shouldn't be saying those things. And second of all, why are you saying those things in an email? Yeah. Because I mean, who are you sending those emails to? That you feel comfortable enough to say something like that. Exactly. Uh, dude, this is a, how old is this guy? I mean, he's in, I mean. He's got to be at least 60 or something. At, at this point, yeah. I mean. You're a 60-year-old man. What are you doing yeah. typing emails like this and acting like a child? Yeah, no, he, he was being ridiculous. But not, not necessarily acting like a child, but acting just completely rude. Oh, yeah. And on, it, it, none, of, none of those emails were necessary they were horrifying actually oh, yeah. it was they actually, were completely horrifying it was it was ridiculous and it's but again who's digging for these emails from 2011 yeah it, who, it, who has why do you why are you doing that who has the time for that yeah i i'm i'm really interested in that because listen i would love to know that listen story. listen I, I I'm not I'm not defending what John Gruden what John Gruden said by any means. Oh no! But like oh no! Like like that isn't that's not the hill I'm gonna die on. Trust me. That's, oh no! Oh, oh. <laughs> that's Heck a, no! That's not the sword I'm falling on. Trust me there. But I but I'm I'm more just interested is as to who was going about trying to get this released. Now you know obviously you can talk about independent journalists, different people like that. Obviously yeah. I know the New York Times came forward. But with, does somebody with have like a vendetta against him or something? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if there I don't know if there's anyone who was mad that he got the Raiders job, anything like that. You know, someone that is mad with his contract at ESPN in, in the past. So I don't know what exactly prompted all this to get released. That's what's interesting to me. Now obviously you know was was insane that this was insane that this all went down. Uh, you know, you know, obviously, if you remember back when he signed with the Raiders, he signed a 10 year, $100 million contract, yep. which was ludicrous at the time. What, 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 whether you thought John Gruden was going to be a saint on and off the field. Like, yeah. I mean, listen, let's be frank here. That's a ridiculous contract to offer, to offer someone coming back to the league. You know, he hasn't been in the league in what, what year? Did he signed that in 2018? It had been around nine, 10 years since yeah, he had last ten, Nine to 10 years since coaching and you offer him that contract. Yeah. I get it. It's John Gruden. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But still, 
I mean, but let me just bring up something else. You know who I really feel bad for right now is Carl Nassib on the Raiders. Yeah. That was his head coach. That was the man he looked he looked for. And if anybody listening doesn't know who Carl Nassib is, he's one of the defensive linemen for the Las Vegas Raiders. And he recently, maybe about a month month or two ago. Uh, it, it, probably longer than this now. It was probably over the summer, I'd probably say. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But either way, he came out He came out as gay. Yeah. And he it was, it was amazing to see because, you know, there are obviously a lot of football players don't want to come out because, you know, yeah, yeah, of everything. All, all and. And it was awesome to see. It was great for the sport, great for other people. You know, someone, mm-hmm. someone's got to lead, lead the charge. And mm-hmm. all respect to that man. But you got a guy like Carl Nassib, and he, he puts in work. That man is – that man's very talented and one hard, one hard worker, and I love yeah. to see it. But that's his head coach. That's a man he looks to for guidance, a man he looks, for, looks up to for advice and for coaching on football. And then all of a sudden these emails come out. I got I got a notification today that said um, the GM of the Raiders, Mike Mayock, um, released a statement that said Carl Nassib had to take two days of leave. Really? Just just because I can guarantee you the man's distraught of everything that's going on. It's I mean, a lot it, to handle it, because it's, it's that's a, crazy, a man. It's a crazy situation. It, it is because I can guarantee you that's that's a man that he poured his heart out to. That he poured everything out to. 100%. And all of a sudden, and then all this comes out. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for. Oh, I feel bad for Carl Nassib right now. I mean, you can feel bad for him. I mean, I, I'd also feel. I, I just feel bad for everybody in that organization. I mean, I, I, I also especially feel bad for Derek Carr too. You know, I, exactly. I, they, they were playing well too. Yeah. I mean, they did lose their last two, but you know, they started off three and zero in the season, lost their last two. But I will yeah. say this: you know, Derek Carr has, you know, not had it easy coming into the NFL. He has had to go through a revolving door of coaches. Exactly. And it seemed like he finally had some, you know, some security, some like stability some, at the coaching. District. Exactly. And while while I wasn't picking the Raiders necessarily to be world beaters this year and to go win the Super Bowl, I did have, I did. I, you know, they did finally look like they were starting to get on the upswing and they, and they, maybe they can make a bid at a wild card yeah. do something like that. So there was some hope I, you could see out of their organization. Yeah. So I will say that, but you know, you know, again, this is just ridiculous. Cause now, cause now you have to just say to yourself, where the heck do the Raiders go from here? No, but it, exactly. But also with, with stability with coaches, I mean, just looking around the NFL, what, Looking what a, a stable head coach can do for you. Look at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They just had a revolving Baker. door of coaches. Even with Baker Mayfield, once they drafted Baker Mayfield, they had three different coaches yeah. come in. It was, and that, he was that getting third screwed. one, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. That third one is stability. And look what they're doing now. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, let alone the AFC and let alone the division. Yeah. They're, they're a scary team. But that shows you what stability can do at that position, especially quarterback to head coach. Yeah. Oh, that relationship. You need to have that relationship. And now all this comes out. Derek Carr is probably sitting there like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do now?" Here, here we go again. Here we go again. He, he thought he thought you know at, at least for I'd probably say at least for like the first half of that contract you could you could be guaranteed that you'd have the same guy. And I mean, you, you made it four years, so you you were close enough. But mm-hmm. you know now now it's out the door. They have to they they had to bring in an interim guy. So you know obviously you're gonna have to they're gonna have to rehaul this thing again. You know, uh, and you know what makes it worse is if. Listen, when you know a coach is usually on his way out, you're able to kind of gauge it a little bit more. And, and you, you can, can like you can like browse well, who's, who's yeah, a good and, idea. And you can kind of get the wheels turning on something exactly. like this. When something you start like, to turn the page in the book. Exactly. So so like, you know, you can't do anything with the tampering period, but obviously mm. the higher ups kind of have an idea as to what they want to do. Yeah, now, they have it in their head exactly. who they want to look at. Now, when it comes to this, obviously it throws a wrench in the whole operation because you think you have such a good thing. And, you know, if it came out, you know, if it came out, you know, today and, and, it, and it, go, it goes, Bill Belichick is an arsonist. It would be, it'd be like, he's what? Like, and it's like, yep, he likes to set houses on fire. And, yeah. it, and it would be like, okay, so he can't be on the team anymore. And, you know, like we, we wouldn't even be considering it like a guy like Bill Belichick getting fired. Or if it's like Andy Reid, you know, you know, just, you know, just committed a robbery or he did something, you know, like that. And yeah. he had like a bunch of like, you know, and, you know, a bunch of like, if this came out with like a Bill Belichick or an Andy Reid or anything like that, you know, it would be, you know, you know, obviously we're seeing, we're seeing the fallout with, we're seeing the fallout with the Raiders. It's immeasurable to see what happens when a coach goes. Yeah. And I mean, you got the whole organization has to completely take a step back. I mean, not even just a step back, but they have to take a leap right now. And they have to take a a complete jump back and be like, 
what are we supposed to do from here? Yeah. They have to take a huge leap back. Yeah. And look at the entire situation. And on their faces and in their minds, it's what do we do now? I mean, and sometimes you, you can make the case sometimes you can make the case that that an organization can uh oh yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, sometimes you can make the case that an organization can, you know, sometimes rally behind, you know, uh, can sometimes rally behind adversity and come through with something like this. And, you know, maybe if like, maybe if you have like a player that, you know, gets injured or you have a coach that, you know, that unfortunately passes away or yeah. something like that. But when it's something like this, it, it this is very tough to, t- tough to, you know, rally around as a team. It, 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 it it's a more entire organization. It's a moralized. I mean, it's, it, it, it embarrasses the organization and, and, like there's really no way to recover from it on and, that standpoint. And I mean, especially for this situation in particular, the Carl Nassib, they, this is a huge, huge situation for him. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, you, you have, you have to, you have to feel completely terrible for the guy because that's his head coach, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, every player in every player as well. I mean, it's just a complete mess. And unfortunately I can't, uh, I fortunately I can't pull up the Raiders schedule right now, but I do want to say that their bye week. If, if they haven't had it yet, can't come soon enough. They need to just get these guys together and regroup. Cause you know, playing, playing one game, playing one game a week, even, even that with, you know, all the drama that's going on, I think they definitely need to get by and regroup. So it's been an absolute mess so far, but you know, also in NFL news, uh, you know, if you hadn't, if you, if you weren't watching uh, the Red Sox and everything they were doing, the New England Patriots also had themselves a game on, had themselves a game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, if, you know, if, if you blinked, you might've, uh, you might've missed it, but they actually did manage to come back, come back at the end and win it. Uh, you know, a lot of us thought that they were going to be losing to the lowly Houston Texans, which would have been, you know, absolutely embarrassing based on the fact that, you know, you know, with the we went toe to toe with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and yeah. now we're going to, come coming to Houston and and lose and listen to, we to to Davis Mills yeah and listen we, what? we our offensive line was depleted there were there were other things going wrong with us but the fact that we almost that we almost ended up losing in Houston was embarrassing but that offensive line isn't and isn't not to blame for a lot of the problems we had on Sunday yeah that defense played terrible JC Jackson was getting burned in the mm-hmm. in the first half Oh yeah, JC Jackson was getting burned. Um, Adrian Phillips was getting burned. Yeah, not not the best debut for him as as the new as the new uh, cornerback one. No, no, <laughs> not by any Every, means. Everybody was getting burned. Devin McCourty looked like he wasn't in his in his position at half the time. I mean, and they had a sixty-two yard touchdown or something like that. I mean, it 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 looked ridiculous. Davis Mills was torching us, which I never thought would actually be a legit sentence said in real life. Exactly. Uh, and you know. You know, maybe he, maybe he's actually, you know, a stud in, you know, kind of a, kind of a guy lying in the weight and, you know, maybe we just got his first good game, but I, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No. Listen, th- th- no, th- that's this, not going to happen. Th- this is like, this is like TJ Yates or like a Kyle Orton torching you, unfortunately, like that, yeah. that that's what happened to us on Sunday. And I, I was about to say, if we go, if, if our record is one in four after a loss to the Houston Texans, chalk it up, I, you know, go for the lottery pick, go for, you know, the top five pick and just try to get like, you know, some, yeah. some stud at that. At, at Imagine where pay, do it. for, for people out there that don't know what we're talking about when it comes to Davis mills, imagine coming into Foxborough and getting beat by Jared Stidham. That's the equivalent we're talking about here. And, 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 it, and, and, it, and not, it blows and not, my mind and not just a, and not just like a slight defeat, like getting like, you're getting torched, yeah. getting torched, exactly. getting made fun of. Imagine the Tampa Bay Bucks come in here, running it up on you. And we, we, and against Jared Stidham, and we just make the Bucks look like the New York Jets. Exactly. I mean, that's the equivalent. I, you can't be doing that. And no. especially that offensive line. Yeah, that's that's a huge problem. It was a huge problem because you got a rookie quarterback back there. I mean, he gets hit a couple of times. But the O line wasn't even our issue. It was no, the, it wasn't. It, they it weren't was the too defense. bad. It was the, the defense, defense was the root of all our problems. And you got a guy like Jamie Collins coming back finally. Yeah. And oh god, I love him. He he's a great player. He he's he, awesome. He's an insane athlete. First of all. Oh yeah. But it's just, I literally am speechless by how bad that they played. No, on defense, I, they they were they were so bad. And listen, I, I'm still gonna be on uh, still be on the Mac Jones defense train. I mean, listen, he does does the guy make mistakes that that you know you can attribute a rookie quarterback to making? Yeah. Yes. Is he the reason we're 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 in these tough situations? Absolutely not. Which, you know, if it was a rookie and everything else was sound, you know, you can kind of be content with that because c- c- because you know what's 
because you know what's on the horizon. If it was just like, oh, you know, uh, he threw that late game interception, he won't do that in like, he won't do that in three years, we'll be fine then. But when it's every other facet of the game where you're struggling, it makes it a little bit tougher to tougher to kind of digest. You got you got a high one of the high highest paid tight ends in the league dropping like five passes in a game against the what was they played the I think it was the Bucks game. Yeah. He just uh, kept, the Saints. Saints. It was Saints. Saints John New Smith. He yeah, John New Smith. It hit him in the hands, and all of a sudden, it bounces in the air. Who who snags it out of the air? Janoris Jenkins runs it in for a pick six. That's not he, Mac Jones' fault. He was horrific in that game against the Saints. I mean, they they had. To oh, tell him. me about Evan on my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, how, how many negative points was that? Oh, probably like negative five hundred. That was it was it was, was ridiculous. A, that was a terrible week. Now, obviously, the Pats ended up coming back. Nick Folk saved the day yet again. And I mean, listen, we're we're one Nick Folk. Uh, you know, bad, bad foot or bad leg away from, you know, pretty much being like pretty much being, you know, one for this year, you know, yeah. probably worse. Yeah. But you, like, like you said, you can't blame everything on Mac Jones because one that destroys his confidence, but two, it's not his fault. It really is. And isn't. I mean, it shows, it shows and in listen, the Bucks I, game. And listen, they, I, I'd love to, I'd love to throw blame at rookie quarterbacks. I think, I think. Zach, oh yeah. I think, I think Zach Wilson, I think Zach Wilson isn't, it has been, has been an absolute detriment to the Jets at, in part, in, at times this year. Yeah. Like, but then there's also, you look at them and you're like, oh, they're the New York yeah, Jets. They're, they're yeah. the Jets. But like, but you can attribute Zach Wilson to being one of the problems. You're throwing four picks against the Patriots. Exactly. He can be one of the problems in the game. When Mac Jones is just like, I mean, he's not like, he's not being stellar and saving us, but he isn't like messing it up, which he's makes- not making these dumb plays because what happens when you blitz rookie quarterbacks? They get flustered and they panic and throw interceptions. Exactly. But you got a guy like Mac Jones that, Against the Tampa Bay Bucks, they stopped blitzing because they were getting torched. Mm-hmm. There was nobody covering the middle of the field because all the linebackers were blitzing. And all of a sudden, he they, they blitz him, and he, he scans the field and finds John o. Smith, Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers coming across the middle. And then they stopped blitzing because he was getting comfortable when he was under pressure. Yeah. Who, what rookie quarterback does that? You know, you know how many people I see, I see doing that? Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally all I see. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. These are the one these are um in the conversation for the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Obviously, it's Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. Absolutely. And you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be up there eventually. He's mm-hmm. still young. I'm I wouldn't throw him in that conversation yet. But it's just his poise in the pocket, and I, I love it. But that offensive line, man, we gotta get we gotta get some stability in there. And luckily, David Andrews is there and the center. The center is a huge part. Yeah, because that guy is also a coach on that field. And specifically, David Andrews is one of the best centers in the league, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think he is. And I think his presence on the field says a lot, especially helps a rookie. hundred percent. But you you got you you got to protect his blind side specifically because that man can get clocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you got to be able to you know, you got to do all those, all those things. And, you know, even more, even more when you're the new England Patriots, unfortunately, right now, you know, a lot of things haven't gone their way. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully they can, hopefully they can recover going forward against the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday. It's going to be a difficult game going forward, but Tyler, it is unfortunately time to say that we are now down to the wire. It is 8.06 PM here in the Koffler center building. So we're going to do a little run through what we talked about in this show and send you guys on your way. Obviously had a great show here with Tyler Stringfellow. Thank you for coming back on again, my guy. Appreciate it. Love being here. Absolutely. You know, and you know, on, on the show today, we discussed the Red Sox moving on to the ALCS after defeating the Tampa Bay Rays in four games. Go Sox, baby. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about the Houston Astros being accused once again of cheating uh, of, you know, science stealing and cheating by, by White Sox pitcher Ryan Tapera. Whether those whether those allegations are valid or not, you be you be the judge there. And in NFL news, we talked about the John Gruden debacle going on with the going on with the Vegas Raiders, as well as the New England Patriots barely eking out a win against the Houston Texans. Raping a win out it, of Houston. By the by, the skin of our teeth, you know we're exactly. we're lucky to be we're lucky to be one in, we're lucky to be two and three right now. Ironically, the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you guys are not following down to the wire at this point, I got to tell you what the heck are you guys doing? We're available anywhere you can listen to podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. But the main hub you can reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down to the wire again at down to the wire on Instagram. Uh, but you know, from the Koffler Center, I'm Brian. I'm Tyler Stringfellow, and we'll see you guys next time.